Welcome to this week's message from Rabbi Kevin Solomon, Senior Rabbi of Congregation Beth Hillel in Roswell, Georgia. Beth Hillel is one of the largest Messianic Jewish synagogues in the world and provides a place where Jewish people can find the Messiah, Yeshua, Jesus in Hebrew, and retain their Jewishness. It's also where Gentiles worship and embrace the roots of the faith in drawing closer to God. Click the link in the description to support this ministry or to view our YouTube channel. Let's join Rabbi Kevin now as he shares this word from Scripture. one day in your courts and thousands elsewhere. Isn't that the truth? You know, it's funny because as true as that is, and of course the psalmist David uh, said it and sang it himself, but I think that to a certain extent we probably will not get the full resonance and meaning and depth of that song until we're actually up in his courts. You know, I think that when we're, when we're up there, I, I think that we'll probably sing that song again, and as much as it means to us now, and it does mean great things to us now, and I believe it now, I mean, the psalmist wrote it while he was here on this earth, but I really think that once we're up there, man, we're going to sing that same song, but with like five million times more, you know, because uh, why? Because we will have been, we will have had that one day in his court, you know, just what I'm saying, in heaven, and, and, and we will know what that is like, and, and it will be easier and more real even for us to sing better as one day in your courts than thousands elsewhere, and that seems kind of almost, uh, uh, abs- you know, uh, abstract, but yet it's really the truth, right, Cindy, you know, and, and, and we know it's the truth, and, uh, and, and just to imagine that is just mind-blowing to me, and uh, wow, boy, very powerful. Thank you so much, uh, musicians, and uh, and I know online it doesn't show pictures behind uh, the words, but we had the Western Wall here that was just so beautiful. I know uh, John and, and uh, Lydia and uh, Anna, you guys remember that when we were there at the Western Wall. You know, I mean, it's so interesting talking about that Western Wall that we saw the picture of because it, one day in your court, you know, when your courts, probably David was talking about the, the courts of the temple. We were just looking at there, so it was a well-chosen picture, Tom. And, uh, and, and it's just so interesting to, to think about and to consider the depth of that place, that God could actually, yes, he's, he's, uh, he's omnipresent, he's everywhere, he's, he's with us, but to think that he could actually dwell, like with his presence and everything right there in that one spot, whew, my goodness, that's intense, that's heavy duty. It's not my message. I'll get to my message, I promise you, I need to get to my message. Okay, listen, everybody. <laughs> We have a member. Uh, he'll be he'll be at services tomorrow. I love Paul. I really do. I love that guy. Absolutely love. How can you not? Right, Bruce? Yes. You know him very well, don't you? Yes, do you love that guy? Love Paul. Love Paul. Love Paul. You got to love Paul. I really do. He is Bethel's most tenured member. Okay, that's it's it's opposed to saying your oldest member. You know, because that's not okay. He he came to the second event in Bethlehem history in November of 1977. Wow, is right, man. The second event in Bethlehem history in November 1977. Of course, if he had only come October to our first event, 
uh, he would have won a trip to Israel. But that's okay. <laughs> but in all seriousness, that, that's a long time. He's been with us since November of 1977 in the year of our Lord. I, I, I've never seen... I've known Paul since then. I've known Paul a long time. I was just truly, when I say a little kid, I mean, I was a little kid. But I've never seen Paul, I've never seen him uncontrollably euphoric. <laughs> I've just never, those of you know Paul, I've never seen him uncontrollably euphoric. Yeah, I've just never seen it. And I've also never seen him all down and depressed, right? I've never seen him get angry with God. I've never seen him get angry with anybody else, for that matter. But I know that he cares greatly. You know that too. He cares greatly. This man loves the Lord very much. And I have a great deal of respect for Paul. Uh, He owned a used bookstore for many, many years, and, and he's so well-spoken and and knowledgeable. But, you know, I I never have to wonder. I never have to wonder if he'll be there for me or, for that matter, for Beth Hillel. Never have to wonder. He's as consistent a person as you will find in the world. Hebrews chapter 5. Hebrews chapter 5. That's high praise from my man Paul. Hebrews chapter 5. Let's see what the book of Yehudim Meshachim uh, shares with us and teaches us here, because there's, there's something here I want to dwell on and let you look at from a perspective and, and let you consider what characteristic you might cultivate in your life. Hebrews 5 verse 11. It says this, about this subject, there's much for us to say, and it is hard to explain since you become sluggish in hearing. That's, that's by the way, a very subtle uh, <laughs> Boy, I tell you what, that's not subtle at all, is it? It's pretty direct. Uh, for Verse 12, for although you ought to be teachers by this time, again, you need someone to teach you the basics of God's saying. You have come to need milk, not solid food. For anyone living on milk is inexperienced with the teaching about righteousness. He's an infant. <laughs> that was my baby cry. It was the best I could do. It was, it was pretty... Will, Will, my friend Will from Israel, man, he has the best baby cry. Verse 14, but solid food is for the mature who through practice have their senses trained to discern both good and evil. Hello, my friends. Hello. Do you digest this into your spirit? Do you you hear what the word of God is telling us, telling you here today? A lot of you have heard of Steph Curry. Steph Curry, if, if you're any kind of a, a basketball fan, you know Steph Curry, of course. I mean, legend, right? He's regarded as the best shooter in the NBA. Man, I love watching Steph Curry shoot. Golden State, it's just unbelievable, man. It's, he, he's so gifted. It's absolutely unreal. He led the league in scoring in the NBA this, this past season again. And, uh, and, and although he's great and he's been in the league many, many years, and he's tremendous, unbelievable shooter. But Steph Curry doesn't rely on his skill alone. No. Steph Curry still practices a lot. It's said, 
and I've read that Steph will shoot 300 to 500 shots per day in practice. In practice. Yes, Ellen Iverson, we're talking about practice, man. It's an inside joke for those of you who know. You can look it up on YouTube. I recently saw a video from this past December where the Warriors uh, put out on Twitter that showed Steph in practice making, you know, three-pointers, for those of you who don't know basketball, is the long shot. Three-pointers is from way outside the line. It's the long shot. And it's, it's a hard shot to make. In the NBA, a, a good three-point shooter is going to be over 35% uh, on the shots from three-point land. If you're like legend, it's 40%. Uh, and when he was in practice taking three-pointers, this was, you could all look this up. It's, it's unbelievable. I, it, it's mesmerizing to watch. He was in practice, and he was practicing his three-point shot. And, and, and Godfrey, I'm telling you what, he made not 10 in a row, three-pointers, not 20 in a row. He made 103 three-pointers in a row. 103, and, and they said that they made a couple before they started the camera. So it may have been as many as 105. Three-pointers in a row, in a row, in a row. That's just crazy to me. 103 three-pointers in a row. It's, it's, it's on video. You can watch it. It's absolutely mind-blowing. And you got to remember this, too. This is the thing that's kind of like, wow. He was 32 years old last December. At the time, he was 32. That's very late in a basketball player's career. I mean, he's been playing basketball. Most basketball players in the NBA are actually done by 32. Uh, and the really great ones make it to about 35, just, and just literally a handful make it to 40. I mean, so, so the, the point there is that, yes, he's still taking practice shots Practice shot after practice shot after practice shot. This was practice. Practice shot after practice shot after practice shot. The guy's the best shooter in the NBA. He is, many people regard him as the best shooter of all time in history. And he's still taking hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds, and hundreds of practice shots every day. And, and sinking a lot of them, but he's still taking them. You'd think after about, right, you know, Keith, after about 40, you might say, yeah, I think I got it. I mean, after 40 in a row, three-pointers, he might have said, yeah, I'm okay. I think I'm okay here. I don't think I need to practice that shot. He might 40 in a row. What? I mean, come on. What does he need to practice? The, guy, the guy's clearly got it. No, he keeps throwing that ball up there. Even though he's already legend, greatest, he continues to practice. He continues to, to train, Right? Remember what the scripture said in verse 14, but solid food is for the mature who through practice have their senses trained to discern both good and evil. You don't discern good and from evil without practice. You've got, to, you've got to practice. You know, some people either maybe brand new or, or some people who are not deeply into the, into the word, people who are not deeply passionate about God and have him as their priority their discernment's not going to be that great. Is it because they don't have the capability for good discernment? No, it's not. It's that they haven't practiced. You got to practice. You got to practice this. And, and see, we need to be mature and too mature as believers. And the mature discern good and evil. But how? Having your senses trained by this practice. 
It's easier not to get into a shooting slump if you practice so often, right? It's easy for shooters to get in slumps, but man, if you're practicing that much, it's easier not to get into a slump. And that all leads me to an important expression that my father used to use, Rabbi E., the founding rabbi of the congregation. He used to use this expression a lot. And the, the words are, and the, and the phrase is, or the expression is, steady Eddie. Steady Eddie. All right? Steady Eddie. You know, I, looked, I actually looked a good bit on the internet to try to find the, the genesis of that expression, steady Eddie. And some people said some things, but the deeper I dug, the more I, I couldn't find it. I looked all over the place. But when it comes to people's spiritual lives, all to, listen to this, my friends. When it comes to people's spiritual life, all too often what I'll see are fireworks displays. Fireworks displays. They shoot up with power and intent. And then a beautiful umbrella of color lights up the sky. It is magnificent. And ooh, and ah, look at the beautiful firework. Oh, and it's so often accompanied by a loud boom. It shakes the soul. It's so amazing, this, this, this spiritual existence. But then it trails off and is gone. It was nice for the few seconds that it lasted. (laughs) Friends, this is not how our spiritual walk should be. Our spiritual walk can't be like that. What good is that? No, my friends. We need to hone our spiritual senses through practice to become a steady eddy. A steady eddy. Talk to many teenagers. We have our young adults leading us in our worship today. Man, they did a great job. Talk to many teenagers, and one of the things that they most despise is drama. They'll say, what do you like? Oh, drama. You know, sometimes I talk to a teenager, what's up with that person? Drama. Okay, no, they don't like drama. No. Okay, right, we need to be steady. No drama, please. We got a lot of drama kings and queens. A lot of divas. It's in American nature, you know? American Idol. <laughs> I'm an, you know, come on. Let's think about it. As you know, I've got a, the MBA from Emory University. Talk to a bad financial advisor. Talk to a bad financial advisor. And they'll be telling you to chase the latest hot stock. Talk to a good financial advisor. And they'll probably be talking to you about dollar cost averaging. Don't know what that is? Look it up. 1 Corinthians chapter 9. 1 Corinthians chapter 9. Bavakasha, please. (laughs) Wow, it's so interesting. Some of these scriptures, of course, some of them I've heard before, but putting them all together in this context really opened up something for me. 1 Corinthians 9.24. 
Don't you know in a stadium all runners run, but one receives the prize? Run in such a way that you may win. Every competitor exercises self-control in all respects. They do it to receive a perishable crown, but we do it to receive an imperishable one. So I run in this way, not aimlessly. So I box in this way, not beating the air. Rather, I punish my body and will bring it into submission so that after I've preached to others, I myself will not be disqualified. Friends, we train so that we can win the race. That's what we do. That's why we train. We train so that we can win the race. And what is it? It says, with self-control, with self-control. You know, the old expression is true. You know it, Josh, right? Slow and steady wins the race. Slow and steady wins the race. That has great truth. The tortoise in the air, the, you know, the, we just got to be a steady eddy. Steady eddy, slow and steady wins the race, my friends. Not like this firework that, 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 that is beautiful for one moment, but then is gone, and that was that. And fireworks are expensive, by the way. Whew. And steady eddy, by the way, you know, sometimes people think steady eddy, it's like, okay, well, steady eddy is like boring. <laughs> No, not necessarily. Steady Eddie does not mean that you're not extraordinary. You should build and train yourself so that you will be extraordinary steadily. Steadily extraordinary. I bet you uh, Teresa resonates with that with her coaching. I bet that's the kind of stuff that you preach in your coaching practice to people uh, about what they need to do and how they need to, to react. You know, Cal Ripken Jr., I've got, some base, I've got some sports things for you today. My son is really into sports. If you missed the, uh, the Braves game today, I won't spoil it for you. The Braves already did. Uh, <clears throat> Cal... <laughs> Sorry. Um, Cal Ripken Jr., some of you are familiar with that name. Uh, Cal Ripken Jr. Uh, owns the streak of most consecutive games played in the Major League Baseball history at 2,632 games. That's unbelievable. You think about that. There are generally 162 games in a baseball season, and that's playing, it's literally, it's, it's oftentimes it's every day from when they start, you know, it's a day off every two weeks or so maybe. As many injuries as there are out there, this guy played 2,632 straight games without, without a break. Unbelievable. He holds the record in, in baseball history. He was known, of course, as the Iron Man. And amazing consistency. Okay, to a large extent, that long straight, you would surely regard that guy as a steady Eddie. No doubt. That, that's a steady Eddie. But... He was also, during his career, a 19-year all-star. 19 years he was an all-star. And two times most valuable player in the American League. Two times MVP and 19-year all-star. What's the point? This was a steady Eddie like no one in all of baseball history, but he was also an amazing player the whole time he played. The whole time he played, he's in the Hall of Fame. Amazing player the whole time. So you can be both. Friends, you can be both. You can be a steady Eddie and, and somebody who is an amazing player, but you'll just be at a high level. But the key is steady. Steady, Matthew chapter 
13, Matthew 13. Because if you are not steady, here is the great risk. Yeshua talks about this, what kind of seed your soil will, will grow. If you're not steady, Eddie, Yeshua warns that you're going to be have soil like this seed had. Verse uh, 5, other seeds fell on rocky ground where they didn't have much soil. They sprang up immediately because the soil wasn't very deep. But when the sun came up, they were scorched. I'm melting. And because they had no roots, they withered away. They withered away. See, we can't be that. That's no steady Eddie. That's somebody that, oh, he grows. Oh, boy. Wow, look at that plant. That looks so impressive. And then the sun comes out and like. (laughs) No, friends, we can't be that way. We have to put down deep roots in good soil. This will allow us to grow strong in our lives, not based on feelings. Well, I don't really feel like this today. I don't feel like it. I don't feel like, I don't feel like going to services. I don't feel like uh, reading my Bible. I don't feel like uh, praying. I'm just too, too tired, too busy. I just don't feel like it. I, I think I got a little tummy ache. A little tummy ache, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, my head hurts just a little bit. (laughs) You know what I'm saying. Come on. Everybody can find an excuse. Are you kidding? Once you hit a certain age, (laughs) there'll always be a reason that you could give nuts. (laughs) And the age is probably about three. I don't know. (laughs) Right? I really wanted to just play my video games. Okay, all right, whatever it is. Listen, you can't be basing yourself, what you're doing on feelings. Otherwise, you'll spring up, but fade away fast. It's so easy to fade. Y'all, it's so, I mean, has this pandemic taught us anything? Congregations in, in America down 30 to 50% in attendance. Some of them more than that, many of them closed. It's just so easy to fade. Every, you know, any, any excuse in the book. Now, I'm not talking, I know some of you watch online immunocompromised. I'm not talking to you. We have a, lot, a number of our members watching online also, but, but I'm just talking about even people who are not watching online regularly and not here. Still, there's, people, are, people are not doing it. Why? Uh, pandemic. I got caught in the pandemic, and so I can't do anything. I can't, I can't, no, I no longer can serve God. Like, you know what? You know, they don't say that, of course, because that would seem obviously ridiculous. But, but effectively, this is what happens. No, 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 friends, it's easy to fade. You have to consciously make that decision. Are you going to be a steady eddy? You have to purpose in your heart about that. You have to make a decision. I am going to be that steady eddy. It's not always easy being that steady. You don't always feel like being steady. Your flesh doesn't always want to do it. Gosh, I I know that (laughs) it was interesting. I mean... It's easy not to do what we know we need to do. And we don't feel as guilty because it's not like we're doing anything wrong. It's just that we're not doing what maybe would be perfectly right. And so we somehow feel better about ourselves because of that. No, 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 no. One of our young men who's playing the guitar today, Cameron, right there, right? He's a personal trainer. Trust me, the guy's strong, okay? Okay. He's a personal trainer, and he'll tell you, I bet, 
that if you want to see results, you need to be a steady Eddie. If you want to see results, I mean, he's a personal trainer. He's available for hire. <laughs> he's, he's a young man in college, y'all. So the Bethel discount for that age works in reverse. You actually have to pay him more than he charges other people, right? Okay, because we want to bless him. <laughs> okay. If you want to see results, though, you got to be a steady Eddie. You don't always want to eat right. You don't always want to train. Sometimes you don't feel like training. Sometimes you don't feel like eating right, right? Lori, one of our new members here, she, she's, she's a health coach and she's a nurse. She, she understands these things. You know, it's not flesh in our fleshly nature to want to do what we have to do for our health, but, but this is what we have to do. You don't, you don't always want to go to services or scripture study or pray regularly or read your Bible or not take offense or help somebody else out in need or being a listening ear or praising God in the storm. You don't naturally want to do some of these things, but we need to regardless of the situation. You see, if we do these things that we know that we need to do regardless of the situation, that's how we become a steady eddy, regardless of the situation. Hebrews 13, was Yeshua a steady eddy? Is God a steady eddy? Yeah, what do you think? Well, well let, me, let, me read, let, me, let me read you this scripture, and you tell me if you think this sounds like a steady eddy to you. It's, it's, you know, I'll let you be the determined. You are the, you will be the biblical scholars right now. I would love for you to uh, give us a, a full uh, analysis and exegesis of this. Hebrews chapter 13, verse 8. Yeshua, the Messiah, the same yesterday, today, and forever. Is that a steady Eddie? Yes, I think so. That's pretty steady. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Yeah, that's, that's one serious steady Eddie right there. He's the model of consistency. My friends, Yeshua was there for you. Yeshua is there for you. And Yeshua will be there for you now and always. Amen? Amen. There can be none steadier. Do you want to be more like Yeshua? You know, sometimes we pray and we read in those scriptures, you know, let us be more conformed to the image of your son. We want to be more like Yeshua well, if you want to be more like Yeshua, Yeshua is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He doesn't change. He is there for us, man. He is steady, Eddie. He loves us so much, Psalm 112. And that's not to say, to say that there won't be mountaintops or valleys in your lives. Of course there will be mountaintops or valleys. There will be. That's life, friends. Teresa will tell you, you know, think life isn't always going to be a bed of roses and always just so perfect and easy. That's just not the way life is. But you see, that's when the tire hits the road. Even when there is bad news, we have to be steady. We have to be, another word for steady is steadfast. Okay, it has the word steady in it, the root of it. So we have to be steadfast. Psalm 112 verse 1 says, Hallelujah! Happy is the man who fears Adonai, who delights greatly in his mitzvot, in his commandments. What kind, of, what kind of man is this? Skip down to verse 7. He is not afraid of bad news. His heart is steadfast, trusting in Adonai. Ooh. 
See, the root of the Hebrew word for steadfast means to be firm, to be firm. His heart is firm. He's not afraid of bad news. He's, He's firm. He's steady. He trusts in God. You see, if we are to be firm, we have to build our lives on the firm foundation. And then even when the winds come and, and they bring trials and tribulations, we will, have, we will be able to stay strong and steady regardless of the storm. Like a, like a captain in the storm, what do you say? What does, this, what does the captain say in the storm? What should we say when we are in a storm? Steady as she goes. Steady as she goes. That's the expression. Why? You need that, that sturdiness, that steadiness when you are in the tempest. When you're going through it, when bad news comes, that's when you're being a steady eddy is really tested. Will you remain steady even in the storm or will you burn out like a firework and then get tossed and turned in every direction? The choice is, is honestly yours. It's a choice that you have to make as to what you do. First Timothy chapter 6. At the same time, and this is also true, you know, it's interesting, I, I, had written, I had written this part about how it's easy to become unsteady when things get tough. And I really, you know, kind of weighed into that and, and thought about that and contemplated it. And I was, I was really ready to move on in, in my message prep to another point. And then, but then the Lord just quickened me and was like, you know, there's, there's another time that people are very often unsteady. And I'm like, well, okay, what's that? When things are seemingly going really good, that's also when people can become unsteady. It's so interesting. First Timothy chapter 6, verse 17 says, direct those who are rich in this present age not to be proud or to fix their hope on the uncertainty of riches, but rather on God who richly provides us with everything to enjoy. Direct them to do good, to be rich in good deeds to be generous, sharing, storing up for themselves a good foundation for the future so that they might take a hold of the true life. Wow. See, my friends, when things are going great, it's also oftentimes hard to be a steady eddy because one can get complacent and a little too comfortable, a little too comfortable and complacent. I see it all the time, people who, who, who who are doing seemingly well. What happens? They get a little, my dad used to call it fat catting. They were fat catting it. You know, getting on that couch and just like putting up the lazy boy. Think about it. It's called a lazy boy. (laughs) We can't get lazy in our spiritual walk. No, that's not steady, Eddie. No, my friends. Pride sets in and there's no longer a steady passion for God like there once was. Do the things you did before. This is very important when things are going well. And remember this, steady eddy doesn't just mean in the ups and downs, the mountaintops and the valleys. The psalmist frequently talks about not turning to the left or to the right. It's not just up and down, it's to the left or to the right also. It's about being steady in the middle of the Lord's will. That's what we need to be, steady, centering on the Lord's will. Distractions to the left or to the right can easily make you wobble, right? And not, and not steady. You can, it'll bring you a little bit to this side. Oh, you, you start looking over here, you start drifting. 
When you're driving down the road, even if you have a car that's perfectly aligned, if you're driving down the road, I don't, please don't test. And if you just start looking to the right and just keep your eyes on the right or the left, you're going to start veering off one direction or the other. No, we got, we got to stay focused, my friends. Steady, steady. It's like a sobriety test, right? We have to keep our lives aligned. What do they do when they're, when they're testing? Okay, one foot in front of the other. Yeah, one foot in front of the other. Uh-huh. Put them in the car. <laughs> right? Somebody's like, man, you see some of these videos. God, man, oh, help them, please. You know, you see some people, it's like, whoa, you know, the second step's right. And you're like, man, good Lord, why did you get behind the wheel? Don't, don't ever drink and drive, friends, seriously. No joke, please. If you're in the slightest doubt, give the keys to somebody else. But you see this, but, but these people are behind the wheel. How can you be behind the wheel and, and be that off-centered and to be that warbly left and right? How, how, can you, how can you even possibly do that? How can, you know, you, somebody might say, how idiotic of somebody to think that they could drive when they're that impaired. But spiritually, people do it all the time. Spiritually, all of us have probably done it at one time or another. No, no, we can't look to the left or right. We got to say, friends, there are a lot of things that will distract us to the left or to the right. Some things that sound good, some things that sound important really aren't in the big picture. And on our priority list, shouldn't be that important. But they can distract us to the left or to the right. No, stay laser-focused down the middle, my friends. That's what we need to do. It's so easy to be turned to the left or right by stuff that's just not that important in the big picture. <laughs> Keith said to the big picture, you know exactly what I'm talking about, right? It's so easy to, to miss it. And, and that's actually, it's so interesting, that's actually part of Teresa's testimony of, of, of kind of what the Lord did and bring her to a place out of some things that, that had been a priority for her. She talks about this. It's, it's, that, it's that off priority that can be off even just a little bit, but I've preached about this before. Any ship captain knows this. You just one degree off after a few hours, you're, you're, you're totally not going to find your destination. You're going to be so off, off course. Kavarims, we don't need to be spiritually bipolar. Hello. Purpose in your heart. When things are going well, humble yourself before the Lord. Stay consistent with your walk. Don't become distracted to the left or to the right. And when things are going badly, don't allow yourself to sink too low. You know where your help comes from. Trust in him. Turn to him. Have confidence in him. My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. I know Andy agrees with that. He's turned to the Lord many times. My friend, I want to tell you something. Paul Blixilver is neither flashy nor ostentatious. But my friend, Paul, is a steady Eddie. And that's one of the ultimate compliments you could get. Because guess what? Another word for being a steady Eddie is faithful. And what are those key words that we all want to hear? 
when our life is done. Well done, good and faithful servant. The title of my message is Steady Eddie. Let's go, let's just go to the Lord right now. Let's bow our heads. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. Mm, God, I want to pray for our congregation, those here watching online and listening via podcast. Lord, I want to pray that, that we're congregation Beth Steady Eddie. I bet that would not be too good to advertise. It sounds weird. Maybe we could come up with a more Jewish name than Eddie, but you understand. <laughs> if congregation Beth Steady Eddie sounds good to me, a whole bunch of Steady Eddies in our congregation, Lord, but, but not boring, extraordinary, extraordinary. I want to pray for each person who's here, all of you who are sitting in this place, standing on the stage. I want to pray for you downstairs in the production room. I want to pray for you. I want to pray for you to become more of a steady Eddie. All of you watching online, listening in the podcast, Lord, in the name of Yeshua, I pray. Oh, Lord, help us. Help us not be distracted to the left or to the right. It's why, it's why on horse races, you know, in Kentucky Derby, look at the horses, and they've, they've got little blinders on the sides of their head so they're not distracted by the left or the right. They're focused. Lord, give us kind of spiritual blinders to be focused on what's important, what your priority is. And Lord, let us be steady eddies. I thank you. We have a congregation of steady eddies. I see a whole bunch of steady eddies in this congregation even right now. People who are faithful. People are, who are here, made it through a pandemic here. Not to say it's all over. You understand my point. But Lord, I pray for our congregation. Lord, help us learn to trust in you. There's a lot of elements to becoming more of a steady eddy. To me, Lord, one of the most important parts is, is a conscious decision. Help us, Lord, make a conscious decision to become a steady eddy and to not let other things get in the way. Here's something else, Lord, that gets in the way all too often is taking offense. Lord, let not offense get in the way of us being a steady eddy. Lord, let us drive through offense. Lord, and let it be covered up with love. Mm. Help us, Lord, in, in, in each and every area of our life. If there's an area where we've been faltering, if there's an area where we've been lacking, help us, Lord. Strengthen us. Strengthen us, Lord, so that we can follow you with all the zeal and gusto that we need and to, and to remain focused on what's truly important. Write down the, the, the center spiritual line of your will. Help us, Lord. Help everybody watching online. Maybe they've got decisions that they're going through right now. Lord, give them the wisdom to make a decision, Lord, that's going to be smack dab in the middle of, middle of your will and steady. God, I pray that the people who are following you fervently now are, should you tarry, are, are following you fervently in 10, 20 years. And I pray many of them are still in this, this room in this congregation. Steady eddies. I thank you for Paul. I thank you for the, all the Pauls that we have here at Bethel and of many other congregations. Bless them all. Bless all of our steady eddies. Thank you, Lord, for them. Help them, Lord. Bless them. Teach us. Teach us your ways. Let us trust in you. If you're here today and you've never said a prayer to receive Yeshua into your heart, you've never committed your life to God, but you would like to, wherever you are, lift your hand and we'll have a simple prayer. 
if you've never given your life to God, but you want to, you can raise your hand. We'll pray together. Maybe you're watching online and you've never said a prayer to receive Yeshua as your Messiah. Repeat this simple prayer after me. It's not magical. It's, 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 a, it's a profession and it's a commitment in your heart. Say, dear God, I humble myself before you. I accept Yeshua into my heart. I believe he's risen again, sitting at your right hand. Please forgive me of my sins, God. I want to live the rest of my days for you. Oh, you see, that's, that's as steady Eddie as it gets. Oh, God, is steady Eddie for us. Lord, thank you for this in Yeshua's name. If you said that prayer for the first time, please, if you're in here, please see me after the service. I want to celebrate with you. And if you're online or podcast, send us an email. We want to celebrate with you. Thank you, Lord, for this service. Thank you for, oh boy, I'm still kind of charged up from my holy days. Thank you, God, for a wonderful congregation. Thank you for your steadiness to us. Oh, you're so good to us. You're so kind, loving, generous, merciful, and very steady. You're the rock that's a firm foundation. Thank you, Lord, for these things. We bless you. B'Shem Yeshua, in the name of our Messiah, Yeshua, we pray. Amen and amen. Thank you for listening to this week's message from Rabbi Kevin. Please like, subscribe, and share this link with a friend. We would be grateful to receive your tax-deductible gift to further the good news of Messiah Yeshua. To make a contribution, please click on the PayPal link in the description. Also, to view our regular services, click the link in the description for our YouTube channel. If you would like more information about Yeshua the Messiah or how you can become part of our Bethlehem family, please visit our website at www.bethlehem.org. That's B-E-T-H-H-A-L-L-E-L dot O-R-G. Or call 770-641-3000. If you are in the metro Atlanta area, please visit us for an Arab Shabbat service, Friday nights at 8 o'clock, or Shabbat services, Saturday mornings at 11. God bless and Shalom. Nine, 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 nine.